0: President Biden's found with classified documents twice and the left ignites a war over gas stoves. I'm Greg Karumbas. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day and lots of laughs too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The best bacon, the best steak, the best chicken, and the best salmon you'll ever eat won't come from a grocery store. You'll only get it from the family farm and independent Alaskan fishermen when you join the Moink movement today. Moink is a meat subscription box company delivered straight to your door, and they're on a mission to fight for the family farm. Located in rural America and run by an eighth-generation farmer, Moink animals are raised humanely, and the quality of their product is better than anything you're going to find in the supermarket. And unlike the supermarket, Moink gives you total control over the quality and source of your food. You choose the meat delivered in every box from options like grass-fed and grass-finished ribeyes, pastured pork chops and chicken breast, wild-caught Alaskan salmon fillets, and so much more. Plus, you can cancel any time moink is helping save rural america i love it and you will too shark tank host kevin o'leary called moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted and ring doorbell founder jamie simonoff jumped at the chance to invest in moink you too can join the moink movement and keep the american farm going sign up at moinkbox.com dana today and listeners of this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year that's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste but it's for a limited time spelled m-o-i-n-k box.com slash dana that's moinkbox.com slash dana
2: uh, thank you corinne another one on garage gate what is the white house trying to hide nothing Someone gave the president a statement to read on Tuesday that was incomplete, at best, misleading, at worst. Who?
3: So I have read out the president's statement. I have read it out yesterday and what he said. He said that he will, he respects or he takes classified information and documents very seriously.
1: That's what he said. No one believes that. Do you put serious stuff in your garage? like buy your car just like throw it in there like super serious classified document i mean he's ultimately the 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 individual in charge of all of this so i think it goes without saying that it's fair to question why he didn't value them welcome to the show we're still dealing with the fallout of not we he is and the democrat party of what gate can we affix this to classified dock gate ever since watergate it's always some kind of gate some kind of gate classified doggate I guess welcome to the show happy Friday to you Dana Lash here with you to get you set up for the weekend and we had the Merrick Garland presser because they they did appoint uh he did appoint a special counsel and we had a couple of pieces if you follow and subscribe on the newsletter you already have if you subscribe to chapter and verse over at Substack, uh you already have all the information on that so see that's where it gets you to subscribe because you already have everything you would ever want to know about this whole investigation, including some of the spin, which we're going to get into as well. The I think the left is starting to get pretty nervous about this because it, it just looks bad. And there's no really no way to to. Sp- I mean, there really isn't any way to spin this. I mean, I'm just I'm telling you, it it looks it's just bad it, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh for the administration it just it keeps getting worse when you look at the latest development actually i was just reading more about this right before i walked into studio Uh, when you read when you look at the latest development uh, apparently not only did hunter biden he he's so he had uh apparently on his driver's license his address was that house did you know that kane yeah Mm -hmm. his address was that house so, seems like there's a lot of questions to answer. Additionally, in all of this, when Joe Biden did that interview with um, Jay Leno, and that's when he was dri- that's where all the shots that I got for all the newsletters, by the way, came from. <laughs> he was driving around in his Corvette when he did that. It was a it was like Jay Leno's like he does this special car thing, right? And when he did that uh with jay leno he was driving around in his corvette he t- he told jay leno in the interview that he his son hunter refurbished the car kane where do you usually do uh your car work
2: you know a reputable place
1: no 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 if you're refurbishing your car and you're doing it yourself where do you oh, usually do it
2: yeah i do it in the garage
1: oh in the garage or out in the
2: driveway if i have
1: to yeah yeah but in the driveway he goes into the what the garage. The garage, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you get around this? You can't. I mean, it's just bad all around. It is bad all around. No, There's no way to excuse this. And Democrats are, I said, getting very nervous about this. I wanted to address some of the spin, and then we're going to get into all the, the meat and potatoes, because this, the spin is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I wrote a, a quick piece about this last night. Uh because i said that the biden classified doc story uh that it's breaking now is completely indicative that this is dem on dem it's a dem on dem oppo fight that's exactly what this is it's a it's a democrat oppo fight nothing else they they knew it the entire time hank uh you had hank johnson who had said uh, this is audio soundbite 11 now remember hank johnson is the guy who once thought that Guam was going to tip over because too many people were on it. You know, how do islands work? Listen to this soundbite, because he was asked asked about this yesterday, the classified documents. Listen to his response here. It's crazy.
2: To it all is that alleged classified documents showing up allegedly in the possession of, uh, of uh, Joseph Biden, uh, you know, I mean, there's so much that needs to be um, investigated, and um, and that's that's what I call for is for everything to be investigated. But I'm suspicious of the timing of it. I'm am also aware of the fact that things can be planted on people, P- places, and things can be planted. Um, or things things can be planted in places. Uh, and then discovered conveniently. That may be what has occurred here. I'm not ruling that out. But I don't I'm I'm open in terms of the investigation. Needs to be investigated. Hmm. My-
1: hmm. Oh there you go. Well, um okay. It's it was planted, he says. It was planted. It this was not planted. He wasn't the only one saying it. You had the the, the uh Harpy's over at The View, audio summed by 13. Oh man, them talking points went out. Listen to this. This is crazy. One of the things that gets me
4: crazy is before we know, it's already been spun a specific way. I don't want to see that. I want to see someone explain to me, A, how it's possible that after all this time, nobody knew. Because to me, if you're missing classified information, I don't mean to laugh, but in my house, does, if stuff is missing, I know it's does missing.
1: Does it feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? Oh, my gosh. This is so dumb. Does it feel like oppo research to you? Does it feel like the Republicans are behind it? Says what's her face? Cloudy pastas. Yeah, that's it. Does it feel like the Republicans? Because, you know, Democrats, possi- they can't possibly be behind oppo about Joe Biden. Democrats don't ever do oppo. Usually when people are on television, you look to them for insight. That woman ain't never bringing none. So I think, like I said, this is dim on dim warfare. I'm pretty sure that if Republicans had found out that Joe Biden had classified documents in three different places, three different places. In his locked garage. Why the hell locked garage? I could kick the damn door in. It's one of those regular old garage doors. Come on. All accessed by the crack aficionado that is Hunter Biden. If, if Republicans had found that before the November election, as has been revealed, because the timeline shows that this all was before the November election and they kept it all quiet, man, that news would have made headlines before the November election. Because who did it benefit best to keep this quiet during the election? When it was already tight in in the House and Senate. Who did it best benefit? You tell me. Because it sure as hell didn't benefit Republicans to keep it quiet. People were already distrustful of Biden. They were already distrustful of Democrats. Who would it have helped? Oh, Democrats. That's right. So they kept it quiet. The news would have made headlines before November. Now, there is no secret that there's a faction within the Democrat party that dislikes Joe Biden. They tolerated him as a placeholder in 2020. But I don't that's not going to go beyond 2024. You have one of the ultimate nepo babies, Gavin Newsom out there in California that they have been grooming. His dad was like a the his dad was like a, the attorney for the Getty oil industry. And they're all intertwined out there. I think one of them is related to a Pelosi by marriage, something like that. They're all intertwined. Biden is too sloppy and he's too weak and he's too ineffective and he's not. He can't lead his party. He's not leading this party. Do Do you honestly believe that Joe Biden's leading this party? He's not leading this party. And so since he's not decided on 2024 and nobody in his party can actually definitively state whether or not they'd endorse his second run. I mean, we have played the audio. How many times have we had audio on here? People not able to articulate whether or not they would support him if he ran in 2024. There's too many. So nobody can state whether they'd endorse his run and his opposition needs him to bow out. So they're going to leak on him. And you don't really see him with a lot of defenders out there, except... Uh, tip-over Guam guy and uh, cloudy hostas. That's kind of it. The Democrat, Democrats knew that these documents existed. And they were the ones who kept it quiet these past six years. And they kept it quiet before last November. And it was Democrats and not Republicans that leaked this. Hive Mind? Never ever underestimate the talent that the left has for Hive Mind. They are, that is their their superpower is hive mind they're so good at it it's one thing that they're exceptionally good at actually and they will close ranks to protect their agenda they'll do whatever they have to do with all they've got you are not going to get receipts unless it's through this intra-party fighting or if they just happen to be accidentally caught by a republican in the case of uh, anthony weiner which seems, you know, unlikely because so many bureaucrats are left-leaning, you know, at least within the government. No, this is an intra-party push to get Biden out of consideration. Now, none of this isn't to say, do not mistake me and think that, that Biden doesn't deserve any of the criticism that he's that, and scrutiny that he's getting here. Oh, he sure as hell does. I mean, he's merged out his public offices uh, for decades now. They've made lucrative deals for themselves with the Chinese Communist Party. They've franchised the green grift and they've grown the... Chinese monopoly over rare earths. He deserves every bit. Of the criticism that he's getting. But. I do wonder. About. The replacement they have in mind. And whether that's something to even fear more. But this is an absolute. Without a doubt. It is. Interpart. Inter-party fighting completely. I just. And it's also another election that they've interfered in. You have to, you also have to think about it in in those respects too. This is yet another election that Democrats, they've that they've interfered in here. Now here's the uh, story: Hunter Biden had easy access to the garage, and he also said he lived at the house when he applied. Uh, there's an application. It's called Apply Check Background Screening. And he filled it out and he listed the address of the house. And on his license, his driver's license, his Delaware driver's license, he told the Delaware DMV that he lived in the, ro- in the home on Barley Mill Road. He, that's, he gave that. That was his address. All of these classified documents were at the home address of a crackhead. So he said he owned the house. Hey, Kane. If you own the house, is the garage that's attached to the house part of the house?
2: Yes, it is. And uh, easily accessible.
1: Oh, OK. So it's probably safe to assume that he went into the garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And uh, Philip Wegman quoted Biden in the 2016 Jay Leno episode where they did that little spe- It wasn't the Jay Leno Tonight Show. It was his little his thing that he does online. He said that Hunter, this is his quote, Hunter decided as a Christmas gift to have the engine rebuilt for me. And then he said he worked on it as well at the house, presumably in the garage where the classified documents were stored. And they had clear classified markings all over said classified documents. They're actually admitting this stuff. Here's the thing. The reason I don't think that Biden is this Machiavelli is because he's dumb. He is dumb. He. I'm not saying this to be mean. This is just a statement of fact. He's moronic. This is one of the dumbest damn things I've ever seen. Telling on your damn self every single time you get on camera. Well, yes, I did. Uh, we were all over that garage. <sighs> yeah, here's my, yeah, my Hunter's addresses at this side. Yeah, Hunter rebuilt the engine. My gosh. Although I think he paid to have someone do it, and he just did little bitty stuff in the garage. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, this is a guy who finger paints by spitting through a straw, right? So I don't know. We have a lot more on the way, uh, including let me just look down the rundown. I have some some of the latest with the Twitter files. Also, we're going to get into that. Uh, there's all there's going to there they. The White House briefing That should be interesting today It got really testy yesterday We'll have that for you as well Black Rifle Coffee Company Set out on a mission To make the best cup of coffee That's ever hit your mug And I think they've hit that mission Straight on Their dream has been To sell enough premium coffee To build a support network For veterans, first responders And law enforcement And thanks to your support That dream has come true Black Rifle Coffee Is roasted by a veteran-led team Of brilliant coffee graders Who work tirelessly To roast and bag The highest quality coffee Coffee here in America, and the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members, and they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com/dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com/dana. Use code Dana, and also look for Black rifle coffee and grocery and convenience stores black rifle coffee america's coffee
2: and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech
1: okay all this needs to stop this is so sad first it was jeff beck and then robbie bachman bachman turner overdrive i mean taking care of business and by the way i have a segue for that that he's passed away age 69 this is crazy this is so crazy. Now speaking of TCB, as you all know now, uh, Lisa Marie Presley. That was the uh, Memphis Mafia. Elvis's. That was their slogan, basically. TCB taking care of business. He also had that uh, painted on his tail wing of his plane, which is visible down in Graceland in Memphis. I may have been there a couple times. Uh, but she's passed away, age fifty-four, and she went into full cardiac arrest two, uh, the day after the Golden Globes uh oh my gosh this is we're going to talk more about this. this is just crazy so there's the three my granny had a rule that everything happens in threes and so this is the three celebrity all within 24 hours just craziness now also a couple of other things and we're gonna we got all kinds of meat and potatoes to get into nationwide undergraduate enrollment has dropped by over half a million students I think this is actually not a bad thing because I think people are done with the wokery and they're done with the high prices that came about because a Democrat Congress decided to nationalize student loans. We have a lot more on the way. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us.
5: Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time.
1: Man alive. Happy Friday to you. I like, I like every Elvis song. There's not a bad Elvis song out there. There really isn't. It's Friday. We're a little chiller here. We got we got all the news we're going to get into. Don't worry. We're going to talk to you about policy and quantitative easing and math and business. Don't worry. But, man, this is weird because the news came in uh, last night that Lisa Marie Presley, age 54, had passed away. Now, I always... I think Elvis Presley is an American icon. He's like the biggest... St- one of the biggest um, musical stars in the world ever, and posthumously still, I think that what did he had five million to his name after he passed away at age forty two, and his widow Priscilla, turned Graceland into a hundred million dollar enterprise. She's apparently like a business genius. I wish she would have directed her daughter with, with some of her decisions, but I mean, it's just sad. Lisa Marie Presley passes away age 54. I mean, oh man, it's just, it's sad because it feels like it's just, you know, you kind of push uh, American history like another generation away, right? Like there was that, I mean, she was the only child of Elvis. Now, here's why I'm talking about it right now. Because I find it interesting. I don't know if if you know my family history or not. So, I really do think that I get, I was just thinking about this last night. I think that the goth aesthetic I, ex- I actually got from my grandma. So she had dark hair naturally. And she always wore dark colors. She didn't wear pastels. She didn't wear nothing like that. She was... I think she invented the... I mean, no, I, mean I know that Eminem, they invented this, the word Stan. You know, for his song. But she was like the first Stan for Elvis. She wasn't a fan. Okay? She was a disciple. And she would go pretty much almost every year. There were some years they didn't go. They went to Graceland the way that people like go to Florida every winter, or you know people who are who study Islam go to Mecca. She goes. To, she went to Graceland. I watched pictures. I, it, they, she had this, these big photo albums on uh, on her coffee table on either side of their Bible, and I would fl- every time I was at our house, I'd flip through those photo albums, and I watched my younger aunts grow up. In front of Graceland's gates, because they would have pictures in the same spots every year. And she went with my great aunt, and they took their kids, and they were at El- they were at Graceland. They went to Graceland, and I think one time they were there. I think like Priscilla and Lisa Marie were there for something, and they got p- and it, it. Oh man, it just made her day. And they had this tiny little house, grandma and grandpa, this tiny little house in the Ozarks. I mean, this house wouldn't maybe it was 800 square feet, maybe. It was tiny. And they had one wood-burning stove in the middle of the living room, and it was shaped like an L, the living room, and then the other part was the kitchen, so the wood-burning stove was in the middle. And my favorite sound used to be early in the morning when my grandpa would put wood in it during the winter. And I sound like I'm 90, but, you know, it's just that's how people, you know, on those arcs and rural Missouri, it's how people live. And it's, it was just, you know, it was very simple and very comforting. But her decor, let me talk about this for a minute. So she had 23 grandkids, okay? We have a huge family. I'm not kidding you. We had a huge family. When I was in high school and when I would uh, start dating, my grandpa told my mom to have my mom call him and run names of potential dates past him to make sure we ain't related. That's how big our family is. I'm not even exaggerating, like, at all. This is what's so funny about this. So when you would go into her house, she would have Elvis pillows on the sofa... She had framed Elvis pictures nestled in on the top. She had one of them floor televisions nestled in on the top next to the other pictures of the grandkids. Like, you know, uh, one cousin's football picture, another cousin's military picture, another, you know, the senior picture here, elementary school picture there. And then there's Elvis in a frame, too. he gets And he there were several pictures of him, like almost like he's a member of the family. She had framed pictures of Elvis uh, on the walls, she loved angels, so she would have framed pictures of angels and then also an Elvis right there. She, yes, she did have the velvet Elvises, let's talk, or Elvi plural, I guess is the correct way to pronounce it. And yes, the velvet Elvi, she had an Elvis picture in the bathroom. And then when you walked out of the bathroom, the one bathroom right directly across from that door was a giant, massive velvet Elvis. Then when you went to her bedroom, she had another giant, massive velvet Elvis. And it was on the wall opposite my grandpa's gun cabinet, the one of two that they had. And so, I mean, they were everywhere. She had Elvis mementos, everything. Playing cards were Elvis. And when she passed away, I had the weirdest. I never I like I'm never one of those people. I never wanted to inherit anything from her. And it's like, you know, God love them. They were of simple means. I inherited the remember TV guides. So every his birthday, every January, they'd come out with these collector's edition Elvis TV guides and you could get one of three. Well, she got all three. And I got a trove of collector TV guides, the Elvis special edition. I got Elvis playing cards, some other stuff. I mean, it was there was a lot of Elvis to go around. And when she started going gray, which apparently none of us were allowed to ever acknowledge, she started dyeing her hair nice and easy. Number one, because that's what Elvis used. So I think, like I said, going back to my original point that I come by the goth aesthetic a little naturally. We never knew that it's because of him. Who knew? So it was it's just wild because I don't know if it's just something that they do in southern areas or what it is. But everybody's family that I know of who comes from either southern Missouri or Arkansas, definitely anywhere around Memphis. There is that that Elvis aspect to the family. Y'all know what I mean? It's just weird. Like I don't think you had it. I don't think they do it in Texas, really. But it's just something that you you know you just grow up with. When I went to when I went to Graceland for the first time with my when my husband and I were engaged, went to Graceland for the first time. It was kind of wild to like see all the places that my grandma had gone and all these places where she had gotten. She gets pictures in front of the wall. You write everything on. She got pictures in front of the gate. She has to get pictures in front of Graceland. She's got to get pictures of Elvis's grave. She wanted a picture of Elvis' grave in all the seasons. And she got it. it. I mean, it was just, you know, it's just pretty, it's just crazy. But anyway, long story short, I never followed the family. But it's, it's just because it's an it's a iconic American thing. Elvis and rock and roll. And I know that there's a lot of arguments and debates about all of it. I just enjoy music for what it is. And he had an unmistakable talent and the end of it i ain't even gonna i ain't gonna fight with somebody over it because it's not even on the table for discussion for me to consider uh but it's just it's just weird it's like american iconography you know even though she was the kid and she didn't really do anything except look like the female version of him can we just talk about how strong those genes are for a second his grandson sadly killed himself two years ago looked spit an image of him oh my gosh Sidebar to this. I mentioned this to my, I told my husband, I said his grandson was a spitting image of him. And my youngest was like, what is with your phrasing? What is this? There's another one of those things where he's like, what are you talking about? What does this even mean? Spit an image? Who spits on people? I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like, I your, your grandma said it. I, I don't know. He looks just like him. All those kids look like him. That's just some of the strongest genes I've ever seen in my life. Like three generations, them, those genes are going. Crazy. Now, a lot of people were wondering, because, you know, I'm not going to get into this. Don't talk about the vaccine or anything else like that. And I gave my reasons why already. If you missed that, here's the reason why. We're not going to have a conversation. We're not going to ignore anything uh, and not and not uh, discuss any kind of like, you know, vaccination or anything else, especially after a period where you had to tell somebody else whether or not you were vaccinated just to enter a public place of business or go to school, or do anything, get on a plane, get into a country, anything like I just find it incredibly inconsistent how oh, we care about someone's privacy here. But we're not going to if it comes down to just you know, eating at a Chili's in New York City. Shut up. We're not doing this. I do think though, and I mentioned this to Kane. And I wonder if the family didn't have like a heart condition because his because Gladys was you know like you know she was in her 50s when she or no 40 she was in her 40s he was in his 40s she's 54 I just makes you wonder but apparently I I think that they did I I think that she actually did but you know it's just sad all around sad all around our prayers with the family but it is I had to talk about it because it's just it's wild Priscilla's gonna and Priscilla's still there running it all I will say that man she's I think she's a savvy lady but man it's just sad stuff All right, uh, we got to get to some other things here. So this, uh, some of the other things that, there's so much happening with Congress. We had the, uh, yesterday as we were just going over, the announcement of the special counsel. Now, I don't think that his Corvette comment worked for him when he was discussing it. And I don't think it's going to work for anybody else either. And it's going to be very interesting to see. And if you want to learn everything about this, spe- this special counsel that they have selected, I have it up at chapter and verse over on Substack. But yeah, he's Jonathan. Trilley took issue with his whole like a car. We're actually going to be talking to Andrew McCarthy about this all later on, because. The I like what Jonathan Charlie wrote. He goes, like a car, only better. That slogan for Corvette sold a lot of cars, but, but until last week, it was never used with regard to classified documents. Yeah, I don't think there's a Corvette clause. Oh, it's next to my Corvette. Oh, well, we're, we're then it's really protected. One listener said, I put mine in the rumble seat of my street rod, highly secured there. <laughs> oh, man. So we're, yeah, we're going to talk to Andy McCarthy coming up uh, later on in our third hour about all of this. Now, a couple other things I want to hit. I mentioned this yesterday. didn't get a chance to get to it. USC is no longer going to use the word field because it's apparently racist. University of Southern California School of Social Work will no longer use the word field in curriculum, saying it has racist connotations. USC's uh, whatever School of Social Work said the change was critical to support anti-racist social work and inclusivity. They said that the department specifically decided to remove the word field from their curriculum, replace it with something stupid. Which they shared to Twitter. I'm not. No one's. No one's going to call it anything else than that. Why does that? Why no one thinks that? You realize that that word means a lot of things, right? Field means a lot of things. It it means more than just. I I, I don't know. We can't. It, the, the revolution's perfect when the language is complete. I guess. No one's going to say practicum. No one's going to say that. That sounds dumb. Field is one syllable. Practicum is three. So they were, that's what they replaced it with, by the way. They said, quote, the change supports anti-racist social work practice by replacing language that would be considered anti-black or anti-immigrant in favor of inclusive language. Really? They said language can be powerful. Phrases like going into the field and fieldwork has connotations for descendants of people who've never. Are you serious? They have for descendants of slavery and immigrant workers that are not benign. First off, I love how the left thinks that every person who's an immigrant works in the field. Holy cow. What in the hell is wrong with you people? They think every immigrant coming into the United States is a field hand. Are you serious? Now that, if you want to have a discussion as to what is or isn't racist, that's racist. Golly. I mean, no offense, but I think a lot of poor poor white liberals are the field workers. God, I got to be honest. I mean, I can only give you some anecdotal, you know, some personal experience. But, you know, what I've seen growing up, <laughs> I'm just going to say, I think it's poor white liberals. that. Uh, oh, man, don't ever watch the, what is it, Wild and Wonderful Wives of West Virginia. I'm just going to say, just feel like, you know, this is just so stupid. This comes at a time when you have, I, I had the headline over a half a million Fewer undergrads this year than previously I think you're going to see that decrease more and more But this is This, this doesn't even solve any It doesn't even solve an, an, an issue um, But it didn't get It wasn't well received on social There were a lot of graduates from USC Who thought it was just dumb One had said I, I was at seven years USC Two graduate degrees I'm so embarrassed what's happening there. I wonder how much of my money they spent on coming up with this amazingly useful change. And there were people, I will say, there were some, you know, classical liberals who would say that they're probably moderate leftists who were just blasting it, saying this was so dumb to do. I mean, I agree. You know, we have so many problems with mental health and all kinds of other stuff. That's what social work should be focusing on, not this kind of stupid stuff. This is just dumb. Yeah, they sent a whole letter out and everything. It just looks so goofy. We have more to come, folks, as we uh, round out. I cannot even believe a whole dang hours has gone by. This is kind of crazy.
5: Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show.
0: His initial statement of the White House came out on Monday. The president addressed this on Tuesday in Mexico City. All the conversation was about the documents in the office. However, according to the Attorney General, the documents were found on December 20th in his garage in Wilmington. Why was that not immediately addressed? Is the White House being transparent about that if that was already known and not discussed up front? So,
3: just to... You said transparent. I want to say that we have been transparent here. Uh, that is why the minute that his lawyers found those documents, uh, they reported it. They reached out to the archives and the Department of Justice, and they did that voluntarily. Uh, and they were not compelled to do it. They did it voluntarily.
1: Um, they were, though. <laughs> well, I wasn't immediately. Well, they weren't compelled to. Uh, yeah, they kind of are by a law. Girl, I think you spoke out of hand on that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash with you. That was KJP. That was bad. That was, uh, that was incredibly bad. And she was really frustrated yesterday. I do, she's not a good press secretary. She really isn't. And to be a good press secretary, I think you just have to be confident. Uh, I, always, I, I always thought Sarah Huckabee Sanders was my absolute favorite. Even though now she's governor of Arkansas, it's crazy now. The governor of Arkansas used to be. And it was because she had this no-nonsense, like, I'm your mom, and we're going to run through this stuff. And didn't she, she seemed like a mom who was telling you for the second time what you needed to do. And you knew that if you were going to ask her for a third time, there could be consequences. It was just, and she was very laid back, and she didn't, it was, she was just really good. I always liked her doing that. It was just funny. I just, because she didn't get, she never got mad. She never got visibly upset. I've seen every other press secretary get visibly upset or get shaken and all this stuff, uh, including uh, Saki. Never her though. Never Sarah Huckabee Sanders when she was behind that podium taking questions. She's just like, (sighs) you know what? She did the mom sigh. (sighs) Really? It's just so funny. But, I I don't think KJP is doing a good job. And we have some audio sound bites that are going to further illustrate what we're saying here. She She got frustrated and flustered. But wouldn't you, though, when your boss is out there telling you that, telling everybody he's got his classified documents in a locked garage, but they're by his Corvette, so it's okay. Stick with us. We got our second hour coming up. President
0: Biden's found with classified documents from his vice presidency twice. The left ignites a war over gas stoves and passengers deal with another aviation nightmare. I'm Greg Columbus Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What was the
2: president trying to say when he referenced his Corvette earlier today? Because it sounded like he was implying that because his garage is a safe place for his car, the documents were safe. And, and therefore, it was a, if it was safe for the car, it was safe for the documents. Is that what he meant?
3: Look, I, I'm going to just leave his statement as is. Uh, I think you your colleague was having a, a back and forth with the president. Uh, you can read the transcript of what was asked of him and why he responded that way. I'm just not going to get into specifics.
1: Mm, so that's uh, KJP getting a little flustered there. It's a little bitty bit Because she was asked Why why does, he ju- why does he justify Putting his docks in the uh, In the garage Well because these Corvettes there, <laughs> Natch <laughs> Oh man welcome Welcome back to the program Dana Lash here with you Top of our second hour Coming up next hour Andy McCarthy is going to join us on all this stuff And uh, I got I made a questions As I am sure you are as well But you know as we barrel into the new year here think about the moments and momentums that have been inspired audio soundbite eight please Mm, yeah
4: i think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum inspired by yes optimism inspired by a crisis no doubt um, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. Um.
1: What? She's, she's recycling. I, first off, the nasally tone. That's just how she sounds. Some people are like that. She's like a female Ned Flanders kind of tonality. But secondly, what was she saying? there well what even was that i i listened to it and i read the answer because she was she was uh, talking about climate change and um i that was the answer about climate change if that makes does it make more sense to you let me just read it She said, I think of this moment as a moment that is about great momentum, inspired by, yes, optimism, inspired by a crisis, no doubt, but inspired by also our collective ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been. And that is critically important. I got to hand it to her, man. She's able to say things that make no damn sense in a very polite way. What does that even mean? Does she know? I noticed that the other two folks in the video that were sitting across from her, yeah. it just was not computing. What can be unburdened by what has been? What does that even mean? Well, what has been is going to unburden it. What? Yeah, don't you get it? I mean, you know, what, what has been is going to unburden it. That's, so she's talking about cri- climate and opportunities with climate, our collective ability. To see, I cannot believe SNL has not skewered this Or any of this at any point That just goes to show you that That partiality and tribalism Is killing comedy It's just awful So Whoa I don't know I don't even know what the hell she's saying Oh but wait there's more I wish that she loved liberty As much as she does Venn diagrams And audio soundbite 10 just a little little collection for you.
4: I like Venn diagrams. Okay, so if you look, I do. You remember Venn diagrams, those three circles, right? And then let's just see where they overlap. I love just Venn diagrams. Okay. <laughs> I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> I just love Venn diagrams. You know, the three circles, right? Sometimes there are more. I love Venn diagrams. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the three circles. I really do. I love Venn diagrams. You know, the the three circles. Sometimes there are more. He sees the Venn diagram of it all. He sees that there are those circles, and Mm -hmm. maybe people seem that they're a little different. They live in different parts of the country. They may be different age or different race. But that area in the middle, that overlap. I happen to love Venn diagrams. I wish she loved Liberty. Yeah, you know, those three Venn circles. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I constructed a Venn diagram on this. Remember those three circles, how they overlap? I love Venn diagrams. I just, like, just throw it into a Venn diagram. I'll tell you everything you need to know about <laughs> any Venn issue, Venn especially Venn. where there is, you know, you're trying to understand the three intersection circles. and Same. the connections, Same. right? So I, I brought props. I just have two, so bear with me. Three. Venn diagram. Let me hold it. Wow. wow. <laughs> when you look at a diagram of the... Uh, it, just a venn diagram how many? in that regard it, it tells a, a real tale how many sir? here's my venn diagram oh we have a venn diagram <laughs> <laughs> props i love it i love it i brought props <laughs> well let me just say i love venn diagrams pause laugh. <laughs> i really love venn diagrams last more you circle
1: oh there it is <laughs> oh man it's formulaic now she like builds it up like I am such a nerd and here's why I love Venn diagrams pause laugh <laughs> pause you know the three circles oh my gosh oh, boy. I um that's why they don't want they can't have her be vice president they need a whole new roster they cannot have her as vice president. They have to have somebody entirely different, whole new, whole new roster. <sighs> OK. So some of the latest and going to this, we have uh, apparently they have McCarthy who invited Biden for G- uh, February 7th. State of the Union address, and we'll see how the White House, well, the White House, that's that's just a formality. They're, they always do it like, oh, please invite, or please, you know, come speak to uh, Congress on such and such date, et cetera, et cetera. So that's just, that's common. Every, every speaker's always done that. We, so we'll see if he, I, I don't even know if he, I can't imagine him not bringing up any, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how he's going to handle the, talking about the business of the nation while all of this is going on and inflation so crazy, and the border—not even to talk about that—goodness. So, as it relates to Republicans, I saw this poll. You guys, remember that George Santos guy who lied about who he was, like Elizabeth Warren, like Joe Biden before him, pretty much like almost—I don't know how many politicians. Not that it's okay. I just don't really think that Democrats get to tell Republicans who can be in these elected seats and not. So there was a new poll. I have not broken this poll down. It was done by public policy, which is typically a left-leaning pollster. So take from that what you will. But they're all saying, oh, 60% of voters in George Santos's New York district, they want him to resign over his lies. A new poll shows constituents turning against him. They probably, just, and again, I haven't read it. I would imagine that it was an oversample of Democrats and they're using this as a headline to actually try to manipulate the public into agreeing with the results of this survey, uh, because that's, you know, people like to go with crowds. And that, I think, ultimately, that that's what they'll that's because they can't they can't tell him to step down. This is a decision by the voters, it is it, it's something that only the voters can do no one else can do this but the voters it, it, and it's not for anybody else to make the de- it's not for anyone else to make the decision i will say this too i think that voters have an obligation to learn more about the people who are running i also think this is a failure of the democrat party in new york if they're really mad about it where's your guy's oppo? Right. guy's Where's your all, where all's your all oppo? Like, this is normally, this is something that they dig up in the early days. I mean, he was able to take a district, although it was redistricted slightly to be a little bit more favorable to him. This third congressional district has always been historically a Democrat district. So it was a significant flip. Democrats are salty about it. They want him to step down. He says, cry harder. That's what he said. Adam Kinzinger decided he was going to go after him because why? I don't, nobody asked him to. Um, But. Yeah, I don't think Santos is going to go anywhere. I don't think he's, I think he's, I don't think he's, he has a lot to prove. He has a lot to prove to his constituents if he wants them to keep him in this seat. But I just, I mean, if they're going to get upset over that, where was the, you know, get upset over Elizabeth Warren, get upset over, I just don't care. This is, you know, I, I think that the the voters need to make the decision. The voters have to also be in the know as to who they're voting for. Too many people don't do it. I have people all the time. I, I can't tell you how many times I have groups that say, can you endorse this person or that person? And I typically don't endorse. Very. I always reserve the right to, but I very rarely do. Just because I don't want to be somebody's outsourced research on their candidate, you know. I could very easily lie to you. Not that I would, but I could. You know, like you got to look this stuff up for yourself. But they're 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 trying to make it seem like, oh, the crowd is turning against him. It, it really, the crowd is so everyone else is going to have to go along with it. They're all going to have to go along with it. It rem- it made me think of this. Um, uh I saw I saw kind of I remember this back in the early days of like the Tea Party when it was us going up against Newt Gingrich over Doug Hoffman and Didi Skozafava And it was in that primary. And Hoffman was challenged. Hoffman was challenging Skozafava. Skosafava was a Democrat who was recruited to take this Republican seat because they didn't have anybody. And Doug Hoffman, this like nerdy conservative, God bless him, came out of nowhere and he didn't have any money. So I proposed a big national fundraiser for him. We raised money for him. Oh, man it made the establishment mad. They were so mad at me, so mad at me cussed me up one side and down the other. Uh, one of them actually did uh, but they it was it was the first shot across the proverbial bow and they came they would come out with these polls or come out with these stories that they would uh, release to their new media friendly outlets and say oh people want you know goes of five like they, they thought that people were going to be manipulated into thinking, Oh well if all of these people like this person Then you know it's, a, it's, it's It's like an appeal to popularity Oh then I'll like this person and support this person too That's what they're trying to do with the Santos thing I, I just it may work I don't know We'll see I mean it is you know kind of a purpley district It's competitive we'll see but he's really got I, I mean it's going to be all on him if he doesn't do The work and deliver if he doesn't Do the work and deliver then that's his own damn problem You're in the seat now Do the work Don't lie about it do the work So, in addition to this, looking at Illinois, this is one of the things we're going to be talking about here coming up. So, in Illinois, remember how they decided to push this assault weapons ban? Well, gun stores are wondering, what are we going to do now? Because most of their inventory is now illegal to sell in Illinois. Until it gets challenged, until it's challenged, and until there's you know movement in the court, this is the status quo right now. We're going to talk about that, and a whole bunch more.
2: And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech.
1: I had no clue Sierra Miss was still around. Did you? Yeah. Really? I had not heard of that until today. It's been, it's been I haven't heard of it like forever until today. So, Pepsi. Is replacing Sierra Mist To compete against Coca-Cola Sprite I hate Coca-Cola They're replacing Sierra Mist with Starry It is the new Lemon Lime Soda It's called Starry Yeah Lemon Lime Soda Called Starry Is that gonna work? Is Is it gonna just taste like Sierra Mist? You think? I mean, I don't want... Because, like, I would see this and I'd be like, oh, is this like a, you know, like rip-off a serum? It's the first thing i think of without knowing. I'm just curious. Arizona governor has proposed $40 million to pay... Oh, boy. Oh, this is not going to go over well. Katie Hobbs wants to pay... Use taxpayer money to pay for people who enter the country illegally to attend state universities. She's expanding the Arizona Promise Scholarship Program, which is going to help... Uh, students the promise for dreamers scholarship program now i do think that there's a difference i get it when you're a little bitty kid and your parents drag you over you don't even know where the hell you are much less how you entered an area and your parents drag you over. But I do think that by the time you you get to be like old enough to go to college, you've had a, if you can apply for college, you can apply to become a natural citizen of the United States, particularly since the Flores Amendment actually like or, or the end the Dream Act, and all that other stuff prohibited them from from sending you back to your country of origin. So I totally just disregard that whole excuse for not doing it. So I just don't I don't think you should reward that. I don't think you should reward criminality And that's exactly what she's proposing to do hmm. uh, Let's see Sarah Huckabee Sanders banned the word Latinx Is it Latinx or Latinx, Latinx. Is it Latinx Because that sounds dumber even She's banned the word on her first day in office She's not going to allow the gender neutral term For use in state government Good. And someone slammed her as being anti-woke And everyone cheered <laughs> Yay Yay Yay. I like it's like uh, from uh, Yellowstone when Kevin Costner's character, John Dutton goes, I am the rock that progress crashes against. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had this uh, linked here. That was the wrong link. Uh, Yeah, well, we're going to get it. We got a lot more. I had more stuff, but something froze. Oh, I have an update on that trans teacher with the Z cup. You know what? Stick with us.
5: Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show.
3: Look, I have, I have, you guys have answered questions when the press has broken in the news. Because it's an ongoing process. Because, again, it is an ongoing process. There is a process here. The Department of Justice is independent. We respect that process.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, so it's been kind of redundant she's they're having the it's kjp she's up there struggling she's uh having a hard time here welcome back to the program bottom of our second hour in fact i just came a uh they had um this keisha bottoms up there talking as well and reuters andrea shalal had asked her in, uh, whether or not the issue of the documents is a setback for the president when other things seem to be going so well. What kind of response are you finding for? Oh, my gosh. Like, tell us some good news. Enough of this stuff. That's kind of literally what they said. Here, I think I have. Yeah, here, play that. that that's, that's pretty much what they just asked. That's not, that's not a question. That's not a question that's being asked. Listen to this.
3: Can I ask you if, uh, as you as in your role in community outreach, whether the issue of the documents is a particular setback for the president at a moment when other things seem to be going pretty well, inflation's coming down, employment is solid? Like, are you finding that you're getting a lot of response from the public on that, and how do you how do you play that issue? Um, in my role as
4: senior advisor for public engagement, we've not gotten any information on that in terms
3: of from the public. We've not received any questions. And do you anticipate that that will have any bearing or is, is causing the president to think at all about it as he's making his decision about whether to run again? Will this, um, you know, series of, of, of discoveries have any bearing on his thinking and his thought process <coughs> as he decides whether to run? I'll refer those questions to
4: the president. He can speak for himself on that.
1: Hmm. Can you just like tell us about, you know, now we're done with all this bad news trees and stuff. Can you just tell us about some good, happy things? Be great. Thanks. Thanks. Man, she's still every question that she's been asked as Steve said, he's been monitoring this as we've been on air. It uh, seems pretty redundant. I'm watching it as well. If you're, listening to us across the country, if you're watching the simulcast on Facebook, YouTube, also the first, you can, we're, we're, we're monitoring it, but there's nothing going to come up. There's, it, I, whether or not they, fo- I just don't know how they come away with not having any kind of criminal charges. And here, I, someone was saying this, and I can't, I can't remember who it was, and I, I saw it was being uh, thrown about back and forth online, but someone, someone was making the argument that, well, if they charge, Biden, then they would have to bring charges against Trump. You know, I mean, to keep it because it's, uh, you know, I mean, if they otherwise, it's going to be miscarriage of justice. It's going to be an equal application of the law. No, that that's not. We're not doing this, leftist. You can tell they're getting nervous. That's not the issue because Trump can declassify. Biden can't. Furthermore, Biden not only can you just do I need to explain the difference to somebody between a locked room, a safe in a locked room, that is like combing with secret service and then the hoarder's spot that actually does not look unlike the top of the cabinets in the uh, studio right now where Joe Biden's classified docs were kept where Hunter Biden was in and out like the whole time. Right. I mean, there's a major difference, right? That was just one of the, and then not to say anything of the Penn Biden place where the CCP was sharing office space. I don't know what the adjacent room was. So back at the Wilmington home, they said that the third, that was, they, they it was confusing, I think for folks in the beginning because they were saying, oh, it was only two places. Eh, Technically three. It was still at the Wilmington house, but they said it was in an unspecified adjacent room. So I don't know if that means anything, but uh, it's still not even remotely the same. He had no authority whatsoever to possess them. He had no authority to declassify them. And furthermore, they were still marked they still have the CS, CSI mark, uh, SEI markings on them, but they were, apparently were not secured at all whatsoever. So that that to me is a, a massive, significant difference. Don't you agree? I think it is anyway. So we, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that you can you can say that. Well, charges have to be brought against Trump too. That doesn't that doesn't work. But that's they'll conduct the investigation and then the special counsel will determine whether or not they are going to recommend, they should, or they, whether or not they, they recommend charges to the DOJ, and then what happens uh, from, with the DOJ from there. So now a couple of other things. There's been a lot of discussion, and I think one of the reasons why a lot of discussion on this is not, bec- not just because the transportation secretary is hor- horrible at his job, I mean historically horrible at his job. He is a he he he's a redundancy. He doesn't need to be there. But also because I think a certain little spot of the Democrat party was sort of looking at him as like this golden boy so he was maybe going to be like somebody's VP someday or I don't think he has enough. He doesn't have enough um what am I going to say Mayor, uh d- distinction achievements to run for president on his own. So a lot of people he took four months off from maternity leave when he did not have a baby. And I have very, I don't know, maybe I, I'm very old school about this stuff. Um, more so than a lot of people, I think, who think that, I don't know. I, I think one of the problems with, we and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the whole uh, NatCon, National Conservative thing, is that they adopt these wh- George W. Bush positions And try to act like being A moderate democrat or a big government Republican is like a new definition of Conservatism I've seen a lot of people On the right talk about paid family leave And all of this stuff like you guys are talking About expanding government control over business further That is not a conservative position if you are Pushing this you are not a conservative And I'm not saying that trying to be the bouncer Of conservatism I'm telling you that because that Does not add up you can't Promote the expansion of government And, and all of this stuff while masquerading as a conservative it's not a conservative position and i think it's a very clear indication of whether or not someone is limited government or not you may be a republican but don't call yourself a conservative so it's not a business's responsibility i am all for businesses choosing to do it of their own volition so that they can compete for the best employees if your business chooses to do that great good on them but i'll be damned if we have like some kind of federal mandate that oh well even now you also have to because when you're an employer you then you have to pay two salaries you have to pay for someone to go and fill in this position while someone is out I went th- I've had kids I don't need to be lectured to by a damn soul because I have had kids I have gone through this I have seen it and ironically when my husband was the one of two men who worked at a predominantly female run company like eight years ago when we had our first child they I'll, they were they were texting him when we were leaving the hospital, demanding that he come back. Actually, funny enough, it was St. Louis Magazine. I'm telling you. That's what happens when you try to write a hit piece on me and don't actually talk to anybody that I actually know. So texting him the day that he was bringing me back from the hospital. I'm like, why aren't you in office? Why aren't you in office? Blah, blah, blah. So, I, And of course, the, they're big champions of all this stuff now, which I find hysterical. So anyway, long story short, it's not the it's not the. I still agree. It's not the employer's responsibility. I just hi- dislike the hypocrisy of it all. It's not the employer's responsibility. If we didn't have health care wedded to government and it was portable and if we had a whole number of things, this wouldn't even be an issue. If we actually valued the family unit instead of treating it as a commodity, this wouldn't be an issue. I love the people who want to disregard the family unit, but then they'll stand in the street and scream about paid family leave. It doesn't make any sense, but whatever. But anyway, so this guy takes four months off. Four months off for paternity leave. I mean, he didn't have a baby. Someone else had the baby. And he's still in a public position. That's the thing. We are his employer. I didn't, I mean, I, I pay taxes. Y'all pay taxes. Did we give him permission to do this? When you run for public office and you were in this particular position, no, there are certain things that you don't get to do anymore. You forfeit them as w- by, just by accepting the job. But he wanted a public position very badly. He wanted the position and the prestige that came with it, but he didn't want to do the work. See? So, there's the rub. Four months this guy was away. Yeah, he ran for president. And then... He just, I think Democrats decided to, you know, kind of keep him on the burn, kind of keep him on the stovetop to keep him warm. So they put him in this position. The problem is he don't know nothing about transportation. I mean, they literally called him Pothole Pete. He was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and they literally called him Pothole Pete. Google it. How in the hell does that guy get to be director of transportation? So, <laughs> Kane. You can't say stuff like this in Slack now.
2: I can say it in Slack if I want.
1: <laughs> Geyser, Geyser, I'm telling you, you're tempting me. Now, the defense that he had was that, oh, but he was in touch with everybody the entire time. Oh, except, says a watchdog, he wasn't. The Secretary of Transportation, apparently not only was he not qualified for the job, but apparently, also, when he was out for his however many months, I mean, I've had kids, I, I didn't wasn't even out for three months. Oh my gosh, not at all. When he uh, was out, he, didn't, he apparently turned down requests for calls and Zoom meetings all with Democrats and Republicans. He was not available 24-7. Protect the Public's Trust, which is a government watchdog organization, PPT, they released a whole bunch of information. They had receipts, so they published the receipts. Oh, man. They have, uh, they got, they FOIA'd, and they went to, they sued the government to get all this information. They showed that he denied requests by all kinds of Democrats and Republicans during his paternity leave. One of those was from Chuck Grassley. That tells a very different story to what he's trying to use to defend himself. They said that the uh, Department of Transportation was refusing all these requests for these lawmakers to have conversations with him during his paternity leave. The supply chain crisis was raging. Lawmakers wanted to discuss resolutions, uh, particularly involving a $1.2 billion bridge project nearing completion. And Judge's office, according to the documents, spurned lawmakers' appeals. No, sir, currently the secretary is on leave due to the birth of his twins. Perhaps we can aim for a meeting when the secretary returns from his leave. Those were verbatim suggestions. They never offered a date or time, ever. And he did not return from his paternity leave uh, until, like, for instance, they measured Grassley's request. That was weeks after. Actually, a no, month after. So, and he... Um, had no, they had no formal delegation of his authority, and it caused absolute chaos so Department of Regulations, usually they assign authority and this piece here, uh, this is this is from their press release, the government watchdogs press release. So they delegate authority and all kinds of uh, tasks and all of that while when someone's out. Right. I mean, granted, somebody gets sick, maybe you maybe have to have surgery or something. And apparently this was not done and it created sheer chaos They said that attorneys across the department were forced to engage in frantic conversations, uh, resolving issues of delegation of authority around a large loan program and other issues. Oh, Because they have to legally they have legally mandated reports that they have to submit to Congress. And he wasn't even able to do that. They were all they everybody was freaking out trying to get this stuff done because he just wasn't there doing his job. The director of the watchdog group said, as a father myself, I understand being a parent is the most important job. He says, but the Secretary of Transportation's obligations to the American public are 24-7. And he's right. We had FAA, you had supply chain, all kinds of stuff. When you're going for public office, you don't get to tell taxpayers, no, 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 I'm on break right now. I'm on leave. Oh, then don't run, don't don't beg for the job. Then then leave. Leave the position. Because it is a 24-7 job. I got. if you're getting our taxpayer dollars that we work so hard for, for a non-Article 1 Section 8 unnecessary function of government then you better be in that position earning those dollars 24 7 when we call when we call when we say jump you say how high when we snap our fingers you better apparate out of thin air that is what you owe to the taxpayer he's a grifter Pete Buttigieg is a lazy unmotivated nepo baby and he wants the prestige of titles without the work Prince Harry syndrome, man, is affecting a lot more than just one person across the pond. Let me tell you, we got a lot more to get into.
2: It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man.
1: All right. So first up, <laughs> uh, so Florida men are arrested driving with stolen tag written on a cardboard plate. Brevard County, two dudes got caught because they were driving a pickup truck with stolen tag written on a piece of cardboard serving as a license plate. That's literally what they wrote on the cardboard. Like, is that like that was going to be the thing that allowed? Uh, they they were spotted in an area where apparently multiple burglaries were occurring and they ended up getting pulled over. And as one thing led to another. And that's yeah, they pulled it over on the causeway in Melbourne. And the guy, it's all on video, when he tries to get out of the car and puts his hands over his heads, he falls out of the truck. He can't actually get out of the truck. He falls out of the truck. They had, both of these guys have been convicted in the past of grand theft, attempted burglary in Lee County, uh, several other charges. So yeah, they're back in jail. That didn't do it. If anything, that like, that like drew more attention to it. You know? These people are not like some of the brightest crayons in the box, but... Golly. Uh, also, this is... Uh, let's see here. A hotel worker was driving in a reckless manner near some endangered birds in Marco Island, said authorities. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was recklessly driving his golf cart near these endangered birds. So he w- he's he been accused of violence against endangered, bird- endangered birds, this guy. Now, he said he wasn't just driving recklessly near them. He mowed down five of them. What? It's a state-endangered species called the black skimmer. Oh boy. And so that means it's a big, bad crime. That's like a... I'm sure that elevates it. According to the police report, Miami Herald said witnesses told officers he saw somebody run over a flock of birds nesting on the beach. The witnesses directed them to the water's edge. They saw the birds and the visible tire marks. The Marriott manager said the hotel was aware. Renardo Stewart was suspended and sent home. But now fish and wildlife are involved. And he's... uh. Yeah, he's. They're he. Yeah, he's gonna go to court. This is bad. Why would you do that? They're like pretty looking birds. They're not like annoying like those piping plovers. Stay with us. We got more in store. Third hour on the way.
5: You said uh, it
0: was a political ploy on the part of uh, Governor DeSantis to deploy the National Guard. His office has said that the Coast Guard requested help uh, patrolling the waters off Florida. But can you just kind of discuss your understanding of the situation? Yep. Uh, in Florida, and how that how that understanding has developed yep. in the last several. And years. I'm going
3: to be, and I'm happy to repeat what I said, which is Governor DeSantis has
1: made a mockery of uh, of the system.
5: You said uh, it
1: was- wait, how did he make a mockery of the system? Uh, I, I because he's doing what the administration won't. Like, does it even does not even make sense? Welcome back to the program. Top of our third hour. Dana Lash here with you. And it's good to be with you. That was KJP just a little bit ago. She says that, well, you know, DeSantis, you know, he activated the National Guard to deal with this crisis. And because they, they because the Coast Guard asked DeSantis for help. Can you remind me and Ken and I were talking about this and we literally had the exact same thought. Can you remind me? Remind us who was it that moved the illegal entrance, the people who tried to enter the country illegally? And when they were sent to Martha's Vineyard, the town didn't even last twenty four hours. And de- Democrats and they called. Who do they call to have those? Remind us all who do they call to have those illegal entrants moved?
2: That was the uh, National Guard, Dana.
1: Yes, that is correct. I mean, I wow, yeah, that is that's right. I was reading this story here from Politico. Hmm. And it talked about how they actually had to use the National Guard. They called in the National Guard. And they, and by the way, do you know that, who did, do you remember who New Hampshire used to, Kane, When, because see, there were, there were, who, who did New Hampshire use when they were dealing with uh, illegal entrants? National Guard. Guard. Yes, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah they uh they had called the national guard so i'm just curious why are they not are only democrats allowed to activate the national guard or in the case of uh hurricane katrina not activate the national guard i'm just curious i'm just curious how does that work hmm how does that work that's the question that i have hmm yeah, so just uh, just wondering here, how is that going to... I I think that this actually, even when, when the independents, and that's usually who everybody battles over, when they see this, I think it just makes them like the politicians who are doing this to take care of the problem, like them even more because they're doing something. So she's having... Man, she's on the struggle bus for all of this. She's really not having uh, she's not having any a good time and I, I don't know how this is gonna work. and we're gonna talk to Andy McCarthy because I'm curious as to how this is going what what's going what's gonna happen because Jim Jordan and this just actually came out. I was reading this. I was actually reading this while we were on break. He's launched the first invest investigation as the ju- as the chair of the judiciary committee into the scandal of the how Biden handled, or rather mishandled, the classified documents. So that was literally just announced that he's leading this investigation. They've they're they're going to conduct oversight. He said that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. He said that they want to find out what the timeline they want to confirm the timeline. How early, in fact, did they know about all of this? Uh, and he said that we have a lot of questions. And so they've launched They're launching. That's their first investigation into this. So good. I'm glad. So now we can maybe get some answers and Jim Jordan will not leave any stone unturned so that's uh these 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 are all this is all moving in a good direction i because i think we i i I, just makes you wonder i realized too and i'm only going to get this caveat out of the way just to i I wrote about it at the time with the mar-a-lago situation there are always historically there was with obama there was with bush little back and forth with like the National Archives folks and then the, the presidents or former presidents rather over what can be taken, what's, you know, what, who has what and they all, you know, they all work together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But this wasn't an instance of that. This is, you know, way different because there were so many highly marked classified documents in so many different places i would wager that there's probably more in other places too now they say there wasn't any in the beach house but the other thing is too these other presidents if ever there was anything that the archives wanted or that was still classified i don't recall not even obama i don't recall any of these previous presidents having anything in such an unsecured spot and, I, and, and this is about more than just that Wilmington House. This goes into that Penn Biden Center, too, where you had the CCP sharing office space. That wasn't just that wasn't Hunter Biden's thing. Hunter Biden didn't have an office there because he was president. That was his dad. So there's a lot of um, a lot of questions. A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of questions. So I'm excited about I just hope just put it on CBN please. That's what we all ask. We all ask that. A few things here. Uh, I saw let me gather this. I keep seeing these sorts of stories like this. This comes by way of Washington Examiner. And it gets into how, right before Christmas, there were a number of uh, you know, Republicans that got together. And they always, you know, you always have like these conferences and these, you know, these other events. And people are trying to figure out, well, who is going to be, what's going to be the party's future? Because they have to start planning for 2024. Now, last week we talked about how Governor Christy Noam is, I, you know, she's a 24 contender. Or she wants to be, at least. There's a number of governors who do, including uh, New Hampshire's Governor Chris Sununu. And apparently, he, and pulling up this piece, was one of the other individuals who decided to to go after uh, Ron DeSantis. And this piece, and pulling this up, had to do with a lot of the Disney stuff, etc. Are we talking about Nepo babies? I'm just wondering. Can I say that out loud? <laughs> so... He says that he agrees with DeSantis that we need to push back on woke policy. And then right before, and this was just like recently, it didn't make a lot of news because it's been buried about so many other things. But he said said that, um, yes, he agrees with DeSantis that we need to push back on woke policy, uh, you know, things of this nature. Uh, And he said that, um, he goes, going after private business is a whole different story. I come from the live free or die state and private businesses can and should act like private businesses. And he's talking about that Reedy Creek, uh, the classification that Disney had as it pertained to being able to self-govern and make their own decisions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, I know that apparently, you know, Chris Nunu, I've never met him. He's popular in his state. But I think that's a really disingenuous hit at that. And I think that if you're going to criticize someone for something, then you need to be accurate about what you're criticizing them on. And you need to probably understand the story a little bit better. No one's taking over a private business. If Chris Sununu, if you took Chris Sununu, like verbatim here, then you would believe that Ron DeSantis is going in and taking over Disney. And that's not what's happening. I just think it's really sad that the most popular and successful Republican in the governor's mansion right now that... You know, other governors don't even have the courtesy to be honest when they're trying to make a criticism. They don't have anything else they can go after him for, apparently. So they're going to try to I just I I I don't know if that's because of an economic illiteracy. I don't know what it is. But that's really it's just it's just um, not even doesn't even merit speciousness. It's just a bad take. He's that only makes sense if your argument is that he's taking literally taking Disney over. And that's not what he's doing. In fact, he's saying that you don't get to skate as Cain had said, you don't you don't get to skate on your responsibilities and taxes the way that every other businesses. Every other business, does, you know, every other business has to do this. They're just they they're not allowing They're not allowing this. That's 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 it. They've been able to they've had special privileges that other businesses haven't enjoyed for so long. So they they don't have their own governing district at this point. And the taxpayer. No, no, the taxpayers are not going to foot the bill. They they appointed a board. They're appointed a board to control the Reedy Creek. It's a self-governing area that's been run by Disney for X amount of years. And uh, it allowed Disney to raise taxes and issue bonds and do all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's corporate kingdom. That's kind of what it is. It's a state, we talked about this last week, it's a state-controlled board that ensures that Orange County can't use these issues as a justification to raise taxes on other people in Orange County. And the lawmakers already, here's the thing, he's not even doing this on his own. Republican lawmakers already voted in a special session last year to dissolve all of the special districts like this so the other thing that i see that some people are doing is this dishonest characterization of how this works they're saying oh well he's just doing all of this on his own do they not realize that the law and this was even before they had their supermajority. they voted on this already so i'm not quite sure i don't understand what sununu's point is look if you cannot win over voters on your own accomplishments alone And you feel like you have to make up stuff About other people whom you view As competition Then maybe you're not fit to run I'm so done with this junk I'm so done with it This isn't about having Oh no let him fight it out That's not what this is This is about somebody Trying to This is somebody gaslighting people About what's actually happening in this situation Good grief it frustrates me this is what i hate about this the party politic thing it's just it's annoying it really is but i don't know i so we'll see who else decides to come out but that's like i think the only all of the stuff that i've seen about this has been purposeful misinformation uh on all of this and so i you know i don't know but you want to have a i and i i also think people are done with the nepo baby stuff so maybe keep that in mind too
2: and now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech.
1: So this is really depressing. Robbie Knievel. Now, I guess the whole thing of three starts over again. Uh, Robbie Knievel, son, son of Evil Knievel, has passed away at age 60 after a long illness. The uh, 60 years old. He had, was in hospice. He had pancreatic cancer. So pancreatic cancer was his issue that he'd been fighting for quite some time. Uh, he's a stuntmaster, too, known as Captain Robbie Knievel. Man, I get anxiety watching some of the stuff that he that he does. But uh, 60 years old. He started jumping his bike when he was just four years old. So, uh, just sad. Man, golly, what is happening with the it's sad... Here's Okay, here's something that's not so sad. A little scary if you're in the Dallas area. The Dallas Zoo closed to search for the missing clouded leopard. Oh. The zoo issued a code blue. Everybody's looking for the animal. They said one of our clouded leopards was not in its habitat when the team arrived this morning. It's unaccounted for at this time. So Code Blue is the code for a non-dangerous animal outside of the habitat. Although it's a leopard, right? Yeah, okay. So I'm just saying, it's a leopard. They could get to be like 50 pounds. Females, they said, reach about 35 pounds, 25 to 35. And they eat like, you know, small deer, wild boar. Just saying. So they are searching for the big cat. (sighs) I mean, I hope that all the other little fuzzy animals that don't need all the high walls in their enclosures are okay. Just saying, you know. uh, Kindness is apparently the best medicine for curing depression and anxiety, according to a new study uh, that from Ohio State University. Scientists report that performing good deeds leads to notable mental health improvements unseen in other therapeutic techniques that are commonly used to treat the conditions. So they said that acts of kindness... And that's that actually helps people to feel more connected with others. And they said that's you know social connection, one of the ingredients of life most strongly associated with well-being. They've done studies on uh, elderly people, octogenarians, like people who had long lives, long lifespans, and they looked at their habits. And all these people were connected; they all had like some kind of lifeline in some way. So that's there's something to it. A suspect was was caught with a suitcase full of meat and arrested for the seventieth time in Ohio Garfield Heights man arrested last week he stole a shopping cart full of meat to resell at restaurants that's nasty dude if you're buying your meat from like somebody with a carry-on that's dude don't be doing that 62 years old he sells stolen meat uh, to restaurants at half price he didn't name the restaurants I kind of want to know though that's this is the 70th time he's been arrested suitcase meat Oh, I don't like that. And that trans teacher with the Z-cups could be forced to stop wearing them after the school has adopted a new dress code. We'll watch that. Andy McCarthy next, assessing Biden's classified controversy. Stay with us.
5: Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com.
3: So oh, I'm not going to go beyond what the president say said, and I'm not going to go beyond what the, the lawyers say. I have to go around. You've asked me he, about. You've asked, be, asked me. Ed, then, that
2: there's going to be a limit in transparency, public, non-legal transparency, and what can be shared and said by this way. I disagree. Even there
3: has. The has I today. disagree, Ed. There has not been a limit of transparency. That You're is, that is, uh, that is. There exactly has not is been a limit file. of transparency. That I will, I will, disagree with you so, on that, Justin.
1: I think you kind of have to have any some transparency to begin with in order to put any kind of limitations on it. And it doesn't seem that there are has been any with us, especially as we learn the timeline. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. And you can listen coast to coast all around the country and also watch the simulcast of the Nationally Syndicated Radio Show on Facebook, YouTube and The First. Joining us right now, best-selling author, former chief assistant U.S. attorney and contributing editor at National Review. And you can also see him on Fox News, Andy McCarthy, our very good friend who I've been just chomping at the bit to talk to. He's got a new piece looking at the st- Biden's statements about this and assessing, you know, the, the kind of the similarities and the big differences between this and the uh, Trump situation as well. And he joins us on the phone, Andy. As always, appreciate your time, my friend. The transparency—I don't really think there has been any. What's your reaction to that soundbite from Corinne Jean Pierre?
0: Um, as a as a half century observer of Joe Biden, I guess. My position is that you'd have to have a grasp on reality in order to be able to convey it. So yeah. I think they get a pass on transparency because I've, I've never detected any low these many decades.
1: Yeah, that, well, that, it's a good point with that. The timeline is incredibly suspicious to a lot of people because it yeah. seems as though, I mean, this has been, you know, however many, what, six years since he's left office as vice president. And then we learned that this was all discovered even before the November election. Was there any kind of obligation or duty to inform before the election that that all of this was happening, considering everything that's been going on with accusations of, you know, uh, uh, whether or not elections are are legitimate, et cetera.
0: I think there was for, for two reasons, Dan. I think there was a There's a political obligation because they do purport to be transparent in all seriousness. And you would think, given all of the attention that's been given for, you know, since August, certainly about um, retaining classified information in an irresponsible way, that if Biden had been caught doing exactly that, they should have disclosed it. Uh, And, you know, the fact that they didn't do that just six days before the midterm elections goes to how much you can trust them, and then I think the other thing that's that's uh, striking is Garland appoints a special counsel on November eighteenth for Trump, hmm. and frankly, there's no real good reason to appoint a special counsel for Trump because there's no reason the Biden Justice Department can't investigate Trump. The the Special counsel is relevant when there's a conflict of interest, which there would be if the Biden administration were investigating Biden, which the Justice Department's been doing for two years, but Garland has said that we don't need a special counsel on on the Hunter case. So it seems to me that if he knew that Biden, the president, had mishandled classified information at the time that he appointed a special counsel for Trump, for that very offense, that's something that he should have disclosed because it's something that would have gone into his calculation about why a special counsel was necessary.
1: And that special counsel, we're talking with our friend Andy McCarthy, uh, Robert Hur, who's investigating the handling of this. What's your what's your 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 take on him? Uh, because I. Yeah, I don't really I don't really get into who appointed who or who's a holdover from who. I, I think that you can you know, you can be fair within the law, regardless of maybe what your personal politics are. I mean, at least I hope anymore in this day and age we can be. But what's your take on Robert Hur?
0: Well, I always try to I, I try to look at um, what the potential fault lines are but my attitude about this stuff is everybody, unless there's a reason not to trust them, that's that's a matter of public record, that we should see how they perform before we start you know, casting aspersions at them. Mm. So with respect to the other special counsel, and I, I feel kind of the same way about, the, not special counsel, I'm sorry, with the other lawyer who's involved here, John Lausch, I feel the same way about Lausch as I do about um, her, which is, I think it was wrong and misleading for uh, Garland to run around saying, you know, look, I have a a Trump appointed federal prosecutor from Chicago looking at this when everybody who knows how this works knows that a U.S. attorney, a district U.S. attorney can't be appointed unless you get approval from the senators from the state that the district is in. And that's a blue state, Illinois, you know, and Dick Durbin is one of the most powerful (laughs) Democrats in the Senate. And by the way, Lausch was the only Trump appointed U.S. attorney that they retained when they when they fired 55 other people when the Biden people came in because Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, another Biden ally, went to bat for him. Now, I I was careful to say I'm not casting aspersions at Lausch he could be the most ethical lawyer in the history of lawyers but if they're going to say he's trump appointed i think everybody should know what the what the rest of the story is and now flash forward to his credit i think lausch looked at this and said you know look there's two things that have to be determined here is there evidence to support uh, a criminal investigation yes is there a profound conflict of interest in the biden justice department investigating biden yes therefore i recommend that you have to have a special counsel it's an easy call to to describe, but it's not an easy call to make because of the politics. So he did a good job and to, you know, I think uh, Garland's way too late on this, um, but yeah, you know, he could have said no. Janet Reno said no. You know, in 1998 on the, uh, on the campaign finance stuff in the Clinton years, Chuck LaBella, who was a lawyer from my office, I was at the US Attorney's Office in New York then, he was the John Lausch at that time. He was the guy who was brought in to say to Reno, you need a special counsel here. Back then they were independent councils That's what they called mm-hmm. them. And Reno wouldn't appoint him. And it was to her great discredit historically. So I think it's good that Garland decided not to be Reno in this instance.
1: There, we're talking with our friend Andy McCarthy, uh, who has a great new piece uh, about the all of the, the batch of classified documents assessing Biden's statement in the first batch. You, know, the, you mentioned politics playing into this. There have been so many comparisons to the way that Biden has handled these documents, the way that Trump has handled his. And I know that one of the most obvious differences that people point out is, well, Trump was president. He could declassify, which I know is a process. It's not something that you right. can just snap into existence. but there there do seem to be some factors that not only make biden's worse but i also think that the whole well you know trying to compare trump and and biden with this is almost like a way to that i feel like the left is trying to justify what biden has done yet he he, though he was he was vp and somehow got these i mean there's there's so many questions here what do you Mm -hmm. make of this 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 specious you know differences thing this back and forth that i see playing out on on tv so often
0: So so I I have a a slightly different take on this on the on the issue that you've raised, which is obviously everybody is comparing these two cases. Mm -hmm. uh, I I try to divide it into, you know, differences of kind and differences of degree. And in terms of differences of kind, there isn't one. They're both accused of mishandling classified documents. And from a prosecutor's standpoint, that's the bottom line, because that's the crime. Now in terms of differences of degree in every single case where two people have committed a similar offense there's there's differences in how they went about it and you can make judgments about who's more culpable or who's not but in the law in the criminal law we always say you're talking about sentencing issues not liability issues you know the the liability issue is did they commit the crime you know Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the judgment that has to be made so you know, I don't really see them in terms of, of measuring degree. I think it's it's frankly too early to make a call on that because we don't know enough about Biden's offense yet. You know, we've been sitting with Trump for about, eight, you know, for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we know a lot more about that one because of the involvement of the FBI and all the disclosure that's been made. So I, I just think the important thing is they've committed the same crime. To me, the comparison between Trump and Biden while it's understandable that people would go to that, is not the right way to look at this. The right way to look at this is, the context of, this, of these two transactions is that Hillary Clinton committed an egregious offense that's very similar to what we're talking about, and she got a complete pass. So to my mind, if you're the Justice Department, and you're trying to make a case on Trump, you have a very small margin of error to try to establish to people that he is so uniquely awful that he should be prosecuted when she wasn't after a willful violation that went on for years and she destroyed tens of thousands of government files, knowing that there were investigations that they were relevant to. She probably gave false statements to the FBI in their perfunctory interview of her at the end. So if she doesn't get prosecuted, It's a really tough thing to say Trump should get prosecuted. So to my mind, they couldn't afford for anything to go wrong. And now what's happened is something that has gone wrong that nobody would have expected, which is that the sitting president of the United States is now under investigation for committing the same crime. So I don't see how they sustain the case because I don't think they could have afforded a a torpedo
1: like this. No, I don't think they they could have either. Talking with Andy McCarthy, uh this because uh, you said we're and we're still learning so much about this and I'm sure that the investigation yep. into this from the special counsel and I know Jim Jordan announced that there's going to be uh an investigation from the judiciary committee. Uh, that's their first one apparently that they're doing if it comes out that everything that we've read thus far about where the documents were and how, you know, they were apparently so recklessly stored, particularly the Penn Biden Center, where there are reports that they perhaps were sharing office space with this CCP aligned entity. Do these sorts of, because I mean, if you're, if you're talking about the, the, the information was of a foreign policy nature from just early reports that we know, if all of this stuff, and I realize this is, you know, I'm asking you to look in a crystal ball here, but does, does, D- does the presence of these other variables like the ccp being involved and you know hunter biden having access to this garage and apparently listing this as his address on his driver's license does that increase or have or, or play in part the se- the severity uh, of of any kind of of penalty or or charge? how does that weigh into this
0: well i, I think it does dana but the, i i think the other thing is because we've talked about the the china biden stuff mm-hmm. now for a couple of years right so my question is, does this finally get us to at least back into what should have been the main focus of everybody's attention all along, which is the millions and millions of dollars that went into the Biden family coffers from people and entities connected to foreign regimes that are hostile to the United States and that are corrupt. That should have been the, the main, if, if, if this was the Trump family, and I know Trump makes everybody crazy, so take Trump out of it, but, you know, fill in the blank Republican. If, that was, if this was a Republican family and the tables were turned that way, this would be the only thing we would be talking about, except probably whoever it was would have been impeached a year ago. Um, so to my mind, maybe the thing that comes out of this is people are now focused on this uh, Penn Biden Center, which came about after an astonishing amount of funding went into the University of Pennsylvania, beginning around 2014, which was around the time that the Biden family's business ventures with the with the communist Chinese regime were really picking up steam. So I'm hoping that since nothing else has worked, maybe we'll now finally you know, put the focus where it belongs.
1: Yeah, that would be finally. It would take what a Rube Goldberg way to get there, though. I mean, going through all of this just to to get to that point. Last question for you, my friend. The, you mentioned impeachment, and I know that this is a long process, and there's still so many steps to go through. What's next? What can people who don't follow this process and know you know what you know what, what what can they expect to see? I mean, obviously, you know, after at the conclusion of the investigation, it's the special counsel that recommends whether or not Merrick Garland should file charges or not, and then it goes from there.
0: Yeah, a lot of this is illusory because there's really no such thing as an independent counsel in the American system because all uh, prosecution in our system is an executive function and the Constitution reposes all executive power in the president. So no matter how they project the idea of detachment, the fact is this prosecutor reports to Garland and he uh, uh, he exercises not his own power, but Biden's power. So ultimately, you know, they answered to Biden. And, and I, you know, you, you asked me what happens next. I think what happens typically is this now goes dark because everybody says, well, there's an investigation underway. I can't talk about it. And probably one of the worst things, I'm glad I hadn't heard this before. So I'm glad you said Jim Jordan is going to have his committee look at this. Because when our system is working properly, the check on presidential excess is the Congress, it's not prosecutors who work for the president. So, you know, I, I think you're gonna hear the Democrats saying it's outrageous for Jordan to be interfering with the investigation. Of course, that was not an issue. When Trump was, uh, was president, the Democrats were able to investigate whatever they wanted. And when like Steve Bannon was on trial, um, you know, it didn't matter that his case was in a critical point the January 6th committee wanted to have a primetime hearing. And why should they ter- Why should they not have a hearing just because there's a, a legal case on, mm-hmm. right? So the rules are entirely uh, different with the press, you know, sort of carrying their water for them. But it's Congress that's supposed to look into this. And it's all very interesting if, if Biden committed a crime or not. But, the, you know, the first question when a president... Is involved in felonious behavior. Used to be, is this an impeachable offense or not? Right, which is not something that prosecutors get to decide. Mm,
1: this is going to be very interesting to watch. I think people need to revisit your last book, Ball of Collusion: The Plot to Rig an Election and Destroy Presidency. It seems like it's a good time for a reread. Annie McCarthy, yeah. always so good to talk with you, my friend. Happy New Year, and thanks so much for joining us. Have a fabulous weekend.
0: Thank you, Danny. You too. Of
1: course. Take care. We have more to come, folks. Today's stupidity on the way. Don't go anywhere. Back in a moment.
5: Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app weekdays noon to three PM Eastern Time.
1: Ooh, my goodness! I um, good grief! I can't. I was reading this. I don't. I forget. Is Ben Dreyfus? Who's this? I don't even know who he is. But he had said a lot of inbred Hicks who've never cooked anything but mess seem very attached to their gas stoves because oh, I don't really. You know, is that I don't know a is is that what you think of everybody who use gas stoves? And B, he goes, if Top Chef contestants want to complain about quality of trade-offs, fine, but a lot of these culture war whiners have never prepared any meals for them. Oh, oh shut oh, up. Oh, oh. This is this is how you get that's how, that's how you got Trump. For all the left, that the left gets so mad, but yet they keep doing it. They keep doing it. Good grief. I feel like this guy has never met anybody who he thinks is a You know, he's never, he never met nobody from Flyover. Why is he verified? I don't even know. Did he pay for it? Today's stupidity (laughs) game.
2: Probably did pay for it. All right, this is uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. He's uh, bragging about the semi-automatic weapons ban that he signed into state law. Listen to this.
0: Our state will be safer because taking these weapons off the streets means that uh, there will be fewer incidents of um, a mass shooting at a parade or...
2: um, That's a complete lie. Making good people helpless does not make bad people
1: harmless. Yeah, that's not how that works. Folks, have a wonderful weekend. I'll be back with you on Monday. God bless.